Blueprint for Living, a Christmas special, and I, I feel in need of further festive greenery. A moment in the countryside, perhaps, and what better way than to call in at the, the central Victorian seat of the country's preeminent garden designer, Paul Bangay. Paul Bangay has just spotted the first lizard of Christmas. <laughs> Isn't he a beauty? He's great. He's our resident blue tongue lizard. Now, I hear, well, now the theory goes that if yes. you've got lizards, you may not have snakes. We have both. Oh. I'm sad to debunk that myth, but we actually have both. Theory being that the lizards eat the eggs of the snakes. Yes, but we, we do have copperheads and we have our dear lizard as well. And you have a spectacular show of salvias down there. Salvias, agastaches, penstemons and daylilies. Glorious. Glorious. And it's timed, Jonathan, just in time for Christmas. Well, yes, and and the red in there is, yeah. a, is a fine Christmas show. Exactly. Well, we just like that vibrancy at, at Christmas time, and we find that the uh, Salvia nemorosa comes out just at this time, um, and all the pinstemons. Such a good colour, isn't it's it? It's such a good colour, yes. yeah. No, in, in the Australian landscape, that bright red and that bright blue just clashing with each other is kind of perfect with our, our skies. However, you are not a fan of the Southern Christmas. No. <laughs> I am a lover of a cold Christmas. <laughs> I grew up, I grew up, you know, with a very hot Christmas every year. We used to go to Apollo Bay for our holidays okay. and beach holidays. And as soon as I was able to look after myself, I fled to England for Christmases. So you're about to flee to the ice and snow. We, we are. So we, we, try and, we try and balance it. We try and have an Aussie Christmas one year and a, and a UK Christmas the other year. So if we're, if we're here we are, central Victoria. Um, it's, it's, it's summer. Yeah. It's, Christmas is, is just a, a breath away. What are you going to do in the garden here to make yourself feel a bit seasonal? So the first thing we do is go to our Dalesford Christmas tree farm. Yes. And get the biggest, because we're, we're lucky we've got three and a half metre ceilings, so we get a <laughs> 3.4 metre pine tree and try and stabilise it and lug it inside. Yeah. But I find that, you know... And the, then go away and leave it to its own devices. <laughs> one year we did leave it <laughs> and it collapsed and we came back the next, <laughs> the next weekend and it was lying on its side because it was so massive. But, I mean, that's the thing between the UK Christmas and the Australian Christmas mm. is pine trees versus fir trees... The fir trees look a lot more beautiful. No, and I'm, I'm trying to get that in my head. What, what are the, I mean, describe the differences for me. Well, so the fir tree has the horizontal branches. Mm. So they go perfectly horizontal, which is absolutely perfect for placing your ornaments on. So, you know, my husband, Barry, absolutely loves that. He's British, of course he would. Yes. And he can get the tree looking absolutely perfect because he can layer all the, all the decorations on. I prefer the pine. I like the Aussie pine for the smell. Don't you think a yeah, pine tree inside for Christmas, that smell is just so... If you're thinking of your Christmas associations, yeah. yes, that's one, that smell of the radiata. The, ra the good old radiata. <laughs> it's beautiful, don't you think? It is. I, I get Barry's point, though. That's interesting. I thought of that. Well, and so the first year he was here, we had Christmas here. He tried to hang the decorations, and he's like, you know, they're perfectly vertical and stiff and upright. And he said, where do you actually put them? Because they don't sit on the tree very yeah, well. Yeah, well, it's chaotic, isn't it, with it's the pine? It's all over the place. <laughs> it is chaotic with the pine. So I got the tinsel and sort of, you know, twirled it around. I said, that's the starting point. Well, I think you, so between your fir and your pine, that probably forces a certain style of decoration, you see. It's, it does. Tins tinsel is against rows of perfectly upright candles. That's it. That's the, that's the big difference. And then the other thing we do, so I've, I've planted lots of sequoias. Hmm. Um, 
planting for the future, of course, because, you know, they take hundreds of years before they mature. Yes. Um, but, you know, we've got decent-sized ones, and then we layer the mantelpiece with all our... We go and cut a whole lot of the sequoia branches. I'll show. Yeah. Want to go see? Yes, please. Come through the herb garden. Do you like our Rosa Brunei? Excuse me? <laughs> Cl close oh. relative to the wedding day rose. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's a species rose, and a great climbing rose, Rosa Brunei. Um, and there he is over our bell tower, like completely yeah. smothering it. Isn't he a beauty? Doing a great job. I mean, I must say, mm. it, there's an advantage to having an Aussie Christmas, isn't it? Because you can, you can well, be it's, outside. It's a pretty good time of year. And it's frankly. kind of a peak time in the garden. You, you could be four below, pouring <laughs> with rain. Or snow. Or you, snow. May not be as pleasant. No, I don't think it is as pleasant. Well, but we just love the cold. I don't know. 99.9% .9 of Australians love the heat, and I just love the cold. It's okay. You're a warm lover? Um, I'd rather like both. In fact, my, my favourite is, is transitional times. Yes, the, t the sea. Yes, yeah. I'd like that too. See, uh, I, I, like, I, can, I, I like Australia in the dead of winter. I like it early spring. I like it late autumn. Mm. But you, I can forget summer. Oh, Philadelphia's love. Oh, the perfume from it the Philadelphia is, is just amazing. It's one of my favourite plants, oh, I think, come, of all Oh, come and have a smell. It's just mm. like... I only planted those about a year ago and they've just started flowering this year. Put your nose in there. It's just incredible. Oh, yes. Yeah, and they just fill the space, don't they, with that scent? Well, they're, they're sometimes called mock orange because it's got that yeah. very sort of citrusy sort of smell to them, haven't they? They're so giving. I mean, look at the, look at the amount of flower on those. I know. Things. Incredible, aren't they? And such a vivid white. Yes, beautiful plant. And pretty quick, as you say, to grow. Well, that's only like two years old, that bush. Yeah. It's about three metres high, isn't it? Yep. And covered, in, and covered in blooms. So here's our sequoias. Okay. Oh, <laughs> out of the wild country here. <laughs> out in the wind. Yes. Oh. Well, they're pretty good. How, lo how long have they been in? 20 years. Okay. So, <laughs> so. Well, a young tree. <laughs> well, I mean, not bad for 20 years. That's, I mean, they ha oh. that's like... 12 metres high, oh, say 10 or 12, yeah. 12 or 13 metres high. You can see how those beautiful branches are cut off those big limbs, wow. those sort of big graceful limbs, and put them on the mantelpiece. You want lights in that. No, it wouldn't be wonderful. <laughs> and if it's too far from the house, we wouldn't see it. Never mind. You think we do that <laughs> one year? Gift to the surrounding sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you think it's sitting next to our uh, Eucalyptus vimularis? Well, a great it's contrast. It's certainly a contrast, isn't it? <laughs> but that's, I kind of like that. Yes. And there's an oak next to it as well, so it's a... Should we tell people about our uh, visitor into our parterre last week? I think you should, because it was, it's almost Aussie Christmas. It's an almost Aussie Christmas. We had a wonderful koala come and visit us, <laughs> who decided he wanted to see a European parterre and sat himself in the middle of the box edging. And, well, Paul has a picture, I must tell you. <laughs> it was the little koala, it's, just, it's head rising. It's only its head rising above <laughs> the, the squared-off top of the parterre, and it's a very... It's an amusing sight. It's a world first. Quite an apartheid. An apartheid. It is. <laughs> Sequoias are great. Yes, I can see why you would. And they get they and yeah, we've got we've got four of them, and they get that lovely sort of green, um, light green tips to them With at that this new time. Growth, yeah. yeah, that new growth, yeah. which you wouldn't get in Europe, obviously, because we've got the seasons around the wrong way. But they look absolutely beautiful sitting on the mantelpiece. It's a funny thing too, because. As in Europe, and I talk about this with Tim Entwistle occasionally, and this is an idea of his that the the inversion here, yes, of course, in the seasons, but there's a similarity in that our summer things tend to go a bit to sleep. 
yeah. as they do in the northern winter. Well, it's... they do. As soon as you get the heat of summer, mm. they do go to sleep. But we, we find that with the lawns. You know, we mow these incessantly in, in, in um, spring. All and then sudden, the summer comes along it's... and they just stop because they're under so much stress. It was the complete opposite but the same, isn't it? Instead of cold stress, they get heat stress. So in your, in your Christmas garden, what will you find as you go back to the UK? Oh, okay, so what we find is we go, you know, we go for lovely walks through the countryside. We pick holly, so lots of holly berry and lots of um, wild ivy with berries all over it. And a lot of conifers there over there as well. So we get a lot of fir, we get a lot of um, picea that we pick to decorate the house with. Just popped into your rose garden. And it's a beautiful time of the year for the roses. Yeah. That is our wonderful Mudstead wood, which is a David Austin. Deep, deep red. And the fragrance on it is absolutely incredible. Very abundant little space at the moment. Isn't it? And, it, and, and, and do you like the Anthriscus sylvestris? Yes. <laughs> well named. <laughs> <laughs> which is Raven's Wing is its common name. Not a very nice common name. But I combined the, the red roses and underplanted them with this, which is, it's like um, umbilaraceae family of these white sprays of white flowers. And if you just merge your eyes a little, together a little bit, does it look like a Persian rug? I think that's perfect because it has that, those, that, those dots of colour, that sort of intricate texture of colour too yeah. that you'd find in a rug. I so... So interesting for a rose garden space because the normal thing with that is to keep things spare. Yeah. To just have the roses, everything clear around them, which is kind of their preference slightly as a plant, but this is no, I wanted to such get, a profusion. I wanted to get that abundance. I wanted to get that fullness to the garden yeah. because I can't bear those stiff rows of roses. I like the fullness of all the perennials coming underneath and, and in particular that raven's wing just filling in the spaces yes. in between. And there is the, there's the cousin of the, the Rose of Brunei. There's Wedding Day. Mm. Beautiful. Going hammer and tongs. White single flower, but like an abundance of the flowers. And it, sadly, it only flowers the once, but it's a beauty when it's, it's flowering. It's certainly giving, <laughs> giving it all. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great climbing rose if you want to smother something. So we've got a horrible t a, a tin roof behind that that I just wanted to completely cover okay. and does a good job of doing that. If anyone's in the country wants to cover a big water tank, it's the perfect rose for that. It is great seeing roses in a, in a slightly more crowded environment. They kind of look like, you know, too often roses look like this special specimen. Yeah. As opposed to another plant in profusion. Because yes, people yeah. get very proud of their roses. They do, like them. they do like them to be specimens. And, you know, if you're going to pick, you're going to have picking roses that you pick to bring inside the house, they probably are better sitting on their own. And the honeysuckle, can you smell the honeysuckle? A much forgotten plant, but, like, you can see the sprays of it up the I always the, think of my grandmother there. when I think of honeysuckle. I know, that's right, that's what people think of. But drought-hardy. Yes. And perfume. And the birds... The perfume is extraordinary. And the birds, absolutely, all the native birds absolutely love getting in there and getting all that nectar out of there. It's a beautiful plant. Sort and of very giving and quick, quick to work. Quick to work and tough. That's, you know, we love anything tough and anything that loves the heat and the dry. Now, That's a honeysuckle. Last thing I think of when I think summer here at Stonefields is your, your apples. I know. They reward, we get rewarded with apples in late autumn, mm. but um, you can see all the little apples on them now. They're certainly coming out. Yes. And usually we have one good year, one bad year. Most apple growers will tell you that. But look for, at that. For the last three years, we've had an, a 
huge crops of, of apples. It's just been amazing. I always forget. Tell me again what they are. Crimson Crisp. That's right. So deep red apple, one of the sweetest crispest apples. You have to wait till late autumn to pick them. You need cold weather to make the sugars rise and sweeten up the apples. And that's the problem with apples in the supermarket. They pick them too early so they don't get that, that sugar mm. rise into the fruit. Wow, this is, yeah, good year for it. Yes, very good year. Sadly, I mean, we have so many of them that the foxes sit on top of the box <laughs> to get to the apples and crush the box. So you can see... Oh. Big holes oh, in our in your, our box clouds. Your perfectly sphered boxes been crumpled by fox. Damaged by a fox. Oh dear. He thinks he can sit up there and, ju- and jump up onto the apples from there. He doesn't think he knows. He knows, he knows exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a hard place to leave behind for Christmas, but I, I, I bow to your preference for snow and sleet. It's just, isn't that, that, I mean, I don't know why we've been conditioned to think that's what Christmas is about, isn't it? Yeah, one way or the other. I mean, it, it, but so many of our, you know, um, colonial traditions here are harking back to that weather. That's right. And yet then there's the other side of it, of, of beach cricket, of It's changing. I think it really is changing. I mean, that's what my childhood was. You know, we used to put fake snow on the Christmas tree and try and <laughs> pretend it was cold. I mean, and I must say that one of the wonderful things about central Victoria is you can have a cold Christmas. Yeah, it can be hot or it can be cold. We did actually have snow flurries one Christmas. Well, may, may your Christmas be white, Paul, but may, may you revel in that. <laughs> I, I will let you know if it snows. Thank you. <laughs> Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.